Hello, and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming all the way from Dakota City, I will be your host this week, Sean Paul Ellis. Joining me in the studio, we have somebody who puts the spark in this show. We have Jamal Newman. Welcome, Jamal. How are you doing? Thank you, Sean, 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 Sean. Thank you for having me. I'm doing very well. And thank you for such a glowing intro, saying I put the spark in the show. I wonder where you got that from. Well, we will get into that in a moment. Uh, Somebody who transcends and warps through different periods of time. We have the lovely and talented Melanie Harker. Welcome back, Melanie. That is also very glowing and fitting. Very fitting. Thank you. (laughs) Well, of course. Well, you know, if our listeners have not figured it out yet, uh, what show... We are talking about this week, we are talking about the WB superhero cartoon, Static Shock. I'm assuming that they did not put that together. No, probably not. <laughs> you don't think anyone guessed that? Right, no, off, the, right I, off your spark? And... If, if you've guessed that, dear listeners, please tweet us immediately. The, yes. the best thing about all of this is whenever anybody downloads an episode on iTunes or Stitcher, it obviously shows in the title of the episode what cartoon we watched. Dear listeners, if you know how to read, please tweet us <laughs> now immediately. No, like, we, right, stop. We, Everything you're doing and just tweet us. Oh, boy. <laughs> Need that count. With all the words you know. <laughs> uh, we should mention a note that Dave Trumbor is unfortunately sick again. Dave. Yes, rest uh, in peace, Dave. Dave, please get better. We miss you dearly because I'm corralling everybody, and you can obviously tell I'm the best at it. So. <laughs> it is an unfortunate loss. You got deep, deep speaking shoes to fill. Deep, very deep speaking very shoes. Deep so, shoes. so I wanted to ask everybody: Did you watch Static Shock when you were growing up? Is this a cartoon that was on your radar? No. <laughs> and oh, am I going to hear from the Black Caucus? <laughs> after this one for that but no i did not i i (laughs) did not and i watched a lot of wb you know we got brothers so i i did not know that this was a cartoon i did not know until recently i watched this that this was even a staple um so i was more of a maybe because where i grew up in the suburbs was probably filtered this out in the um channels that that i was receiving so were you in russia (laughs) the russia of virginia yes the russia of virginia (laughs) all the houses look the same and everyone worked for the state so yeah (laughs) i have not i had never even heard of this wow wow so uh i'm always excited introducing somebody to a cartoon that i watched for the first time so this is excellent melanie did you ever I really didn't watch any kids WB growing up except for Animaniacs. Wow. And I don't know how oh. this, I mean, I, I don't really, it's interesting. I didn't watch a lot of live television growing up. What would happen is like my mom would record things for me on like VHS and then I'd watch them later. Okay. Uh, and then the only things I watched live were, what, what was, uh, what was like Digimon aired on what channel was that on i think that was fox. fox was that fox so i watched i must have watched a lot of fox cartoons growing up beast but, wars yeah all that kind of shit all the the wonderful things that we are about to review and have reviewed in the pre- previous Which, episodes exactly nailed it so no yeah i never heard of static shock i'm disappointed because i had a ball and would have loved this as a child so well great great so, so. what have i 
I know. Well, we should just get a hold of that uh, <laughs> that chick and travel back in time. And then oh, we can yeah. watch it again. And then we could rewind it and pause it. <laughs> oh, to have that power in high school. Oh. No. Uh, there is a very heavy element of time travel that was in the Static Shock episode that we watched this week. So we will get into that because I don't know about the both of you, but I have so many questions <laughs> about what happened. That's good because I have none. Oh, no, really? Oh, yeah. I believe everything that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> everything is believed. For a second, I was like, wait, you have no questions else for watching this? No, I have. Absolutely. <laughs> now okay. I understand. You it's made okay. it very clear. You I'm, made here, it very I'm clear. here to explain everything. <laughs> okay, good, good. I've, I am glad to have uh, such a, an expert, a renowned expert on time travel, Indeed. Melanie Harker, yep. to fill us in on all these details. <laughs> we need to redo the intro. <laughs> yeah, we do. That's a way better. <laughs> she wants that. <laughs> We're now next on time travel. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, no, I'm uh, very excited to have two people who have never watched this show previously. And uh, it's always fun to have that chance to kind of show somebody some, something different, something unique. I know that I definitely watched a lot of Static Shock when it was on television. And this was even, even when this show premiered, I was a little bit older. And I, I just, I used to watch this all the time. Like, I'd have distinct memories of watching many of these episodes, uh, you know, when they, when they were uh, on Saturday mornings. And so this is, this is, this holds a very special place in my heart. Uh, and if you were to ask me though, tell me some specific details about episodes and things that had happened in the show, I would not have been able to fill in any gaps other than Static and his friend Richie. Mm. And that was the, that was really all that I, I remembered from the show. I, didn't, I don't remember any of the villains, any of the other heroes, even any of the other names that they used to refer to people with superpowers uh, in this show. Which, which is a I, great name. I don't I actually don't like, like it at all. Bomb it's, Babies? Isn't it Bomb Babies? It was uh, Bang Babies. Bang Babies. Bang Babies. I love it. I, I do not. Bang it. Babies are, like, are like the followers of Britney Spears. They're like, the, you know... <laughs> Like all of those, like the dancers and her crew, like her her crew is the, they're, they're the Bang Babies from like the Hit Me Baby One More Time music video. Yeah, exactly. okay. So Jennifer Lopez's dance crew on In Living Color, those are Bang Babies, probably. Uh, Got it. Those yeah. are Fly Girls. No, they're Bang Babies now. Oh God, it's a far superior. <laughs> it's way better. <laughs> I love it. They're on the WB. Respect it. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy so uh just to get a little bit more into the show uh i am gonna throw it over to melanie to give us a little bit more about the history since i'm such an expert on time travel and i'm gonna talk about history <clears throat> static shock is an american animated television series based on the milestone media dc comic superhero static it premiered on september 23rd 2000 on the wb television network's kids wb block programming Static Shock ran for four seasons with 52 half-hour episodes in total. Pretty good. Static Shock had some alterations from the original comic book because it was oriented to a preteen audience. Nevertheless, the show approached several social issues, which was positively received by most television critics. Static Shock was nominated for numerous awards, including the Daytime Emmy. Some criticism was directed towards its stale jokes and outdated animation. All right, settle down, everybody. The series... <laughs> Jeez. The series also produced some related merchandise, which sold poorly. Why? I want to know why. Becoming one of the main factors behind the series' cancellation, in spite of it, it its popularity revived interest in the original Milestone comic. Well, that's good. I'm glad it did that. And so this was actually a fact that I was talking to Jamal that I didn't realize until 
I was doing a little bit of research on the show was that this was based originally off of a character, a comic book character, and then brought to the small screen format. And you know, some of the the criticism, as you mentioned, uh, you know, people were worried that it wasn't staying on par with canon for the comic book hero. Mm. But understandably, you know, they're making it. It's airing on the WB, the kids WB. So they're. I don't want to say that they're rounding out some of the edges to make it more approachable for a younger audience, but at the same time, I, I, I don't know what the original comic book character, I don't know how he acted, what his behavior was, which I'm now fascinated to go back and maybe check out like on Comixology or something and see if I can get some of these issues because I loved the show and had I known that it was a comic book character back in 2000s, this was prime comic book time for me. Uh, so this would have been this would have been a perfect area to to kind of get a little bit more into the the history, you know, that created this cartoon. I wonder if it was darker. I mean, because this was a pretty dark episode. I would think it probably is. Most black cartoons are pretty dark. Like you got Spawn, and you got Cage. <laughs> pretty dark. All our characters are pretty dark. I mean, even um, Black Panther is. I mean, the name itself could scare some people in the seventies. So. Oh. oh boy. But, <laughs> but it's true most of our cartoons no, yeah. are darker so that's interesting i would have yeah uh, you true. know it was i mean when you mentioned spawn you know a lot of the a lot of the comic book characters that came out of that image comics era in the 90s they had like a much more serious adult tone to them because you know there was spawn there was death blow uh i believe max even came out on the image imprint and and max is a show that you know, I believe we've mentioned it before on the podcast. I don't, I, I can't wait to watch the, the MTV animated Max show, but there are just, there's so many things that are included in that show that are very sensitive topics that I think that I'd actually, I don't know that I'd do it justice or that we'd be able to do it justice. I feel like we'd do it a disservice talking about these things because they're, they're, they're very sensitive. So, uh, so I mean, I, I, can, I agree with you that a lot of African-American and black superheroes that are out there tend to have a little bit more of an, uh, an adult tone. But, you know, it was also interesting that, you know, in the 90s, when we had that, because we've always had Marvel and DC as a major imprint for comic books. And here we're hearing about another one called Milestone Comics that I had I, never heard of. I've never heard of them. You know, uh, some of the other smaller ones we had were like Top Cow. Uh, you know, and an image. And those were ones that I remember purchasing a lot of comic books back in the 80s and 90s from, uh, from those publishers as well. And then, you know, obviously in modern day, we have uh, like imprints from like Vertigo is a subsidiary of DC Comics. And so we have a lot of those subsidiary and affiliated publishing houses that do and target very specific demographics and story content. Um, but this is just something that I, I had never heard of. And I, you know, and in the 90s, for a lot of those comics, I felt people were kind of coming into their own in terms of narrative structure and story, and they were making things darker. Like, they were making things, like, really, uh, you know, the tone, it felt like it changed from sort of the, the razzle-dazzle of the 80s and sort of those fashion choices to all of a sudden, like, let's be as hardcore yeah, as possible. let's get gritty. Yeah. Crunch. So that was always interesting to me. So total sidebar. But uh, let me give you guys a little bit of the synopsis. So we have, in Static Shock, we have uh, Virgil Hawkins is a 14-year-old African-American who lives in Dakota City. 
During a dispute with the police, chemical containers explode, releasing a gas that causes mutations among the people in the vicinity. This event is later known as the Big Bang. As a result, Virgil obtains the ability to create, generate, absorb, and control electricity and magnetism. He takes up the alter ego of static. The gas also gives others that are in the area their own powers, and several of them become supervillains. The mutated people become metahumans known as bang babies, and their mutations apparently spread to other people that are around them. I want to point out that the black comic book hero got his powers from a police altercation. <laughs> I just... That is something. That's something. <laughs> if only that's how it worked. Oh, God. We could get superhero powers oh. from police <laughs> altercations. I think we're just... If, the, if, like, if, I, if I'm a cop and I pull you over, I'm like, sir, do you know why I pulled you over? I hope so. It's to give you superpowers. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Wait, wait. Let me be, let me be insubordinate first. <laughs> Don't skip on your duties. All right. I guess I'll have to do this. <laughs> I'm upset about it, but I know it's going to give you powers. So yeah. Instead of being like, today's the day, like I go to jail. <laughs> it's be like, today's the day. I get superhero powers. This is Oh God! <laughs> so yeah, we we're coming in, we're coming at this approach with some uh, some uh, some racially sensitive content <laughs> to, to get into. Where is Dakota City? I believe it's a fictitious location. Okay. Let's find out. I thought that was a real place in one of the Dakotas. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it is, but I, I don't think it's probably as much of a thriving. Metropolitan area as the city that we saw in the episode that we watched. Hey, all right, so. I don't want to assume anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'd hate to make an ass out of you and me here, Sean. So there's a Dakota City in Nebraska. Boom. There's a Dakota City in Michigan. No, it's like what's what's I A? Iowa. Iowa. Yeah. Dakota City, Iowa. It is. The population was 843 at Watch the 2010 out. census. Oh, boy. So it's so, probably not the Iowa. It's probably Nebraska. Boom. Probably doubled since then. <laughs> Hit that 1600 mark. Yeah. <laughs> Booming. Perfect oh. SAT. Yeah, exactly. Dakota City. Well uh, done. So uh, I know that neither of you had watched this when it was actually on television. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to get your impressions of the, the opening credits, this theme song that were given right away. It's like, to me, it was like watching a cartoon hip-hop video. Okay. I mean, I, was, I, mean, I, like, I, I would agree with you. Like, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, and it did have a very, I mean, obviously, it's going to have a cartoon nature and quality of it, by the nature of the fact that this is a cartoon show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and they, I don't, I, I'll say for this, I don't feel like it was something where it was overused no. or it didn't feel trite. No. No. No, it didn't. I loved it. It felt very, it's funny that it, like upon later learning that it was made in the 2000s because it just, to me, screams 90s. Yeah, it screams 90s. Like that, that shot that they give you of, um, of Virgil like walking down the street and he's got like his biggest baggiest pants and his hair and just like all the clothing from like the the high school kids. I'm just like this feels very 90s. But even the style of the song a little bit. I am not an expert in rap in the 90s. 
So before anyone gets upset about that. (laughs) (laughs) But it just felt, it's so interesting. The whole, the whole cartoon to me felt like it could have been done in 96, 97. And I would have been like, that makes sense. NWA could have wrote the uh, intro to this. (laughs) There you go. Uh, So no, it was, uh, it it definitely, it gets you pumped up. It does a, it does a pretty good job of, the one thing that I liked is that, I'll say this, when I was originally watching this, I knew that everybody had referred to him as Static, mm-hmm. you know, and I always thought that maybe like his full superhero name was Static Shock, and I, I didn't quite realize that he's, he's, that Virgil is just simply going under the moniker of Static. Static. I remember thinking that when I watched this in like 2000, and so going back and kind of revamping on that, I thought it was a lot of fun. I also really liked the fact that at the very end, or I, the main thing I liked about this was that it does a really good job of conveying what his powers are. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's and so they, super clear. And and so you there's 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 no uh, there's no dispute over what he's able to control and how he's able to manipulate all the uh, all these powers through uh, of electricity. And so he does a great job of of kind of showing and demonstrating them for the people who are about to watch the show because he uses them when he's in costume, he uses them all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's always flying around on, on, a manhole, on a manhole cover, you know, that he has electrified. And then... Is that what that is? Because yeah. I feel like he's produced that out of thin air before. I thought, yeah, I thought that was something that he was producing for a second. I thought it was like a plate of electricity he was standing on. I always thought it was a man. It's a hot plate. It's, it's a hot plate <laughs> just, that he carries around. He just manipulates. <laughs> I always thought it was a manhole cover. Okay. Well, anyway, okay. Dis- despite that, what is interesting that I will comment is upon first looking at this, and maybe it's just because of my uh, enjoyment and fandom related to Pokemon, but I was like, electricity versus fire? That's not going to work that way. Like, come on. <laughs> we know that it's like electricity could like destroy the crap out of like a flying kind, flying type, but not a fire type. <laughs> So, of course, I'm just like this. I don't understand how, how he's like the superior hero, but I guess he's just that good. But also, this world is not Pokemon, so you know, Nelly's going to get over it. Yeah, it's like they say, you know, a master with a stone will beat a novice with a sword any day, Sean, right? I, I've never heard that idiom before. You've never heard that? I've never heard that before. That's uh, Sun Tzu, Art of War stuff. Is it? I think. I mean, that's why I'm asking a question. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm looking. All right, let me ask the nope, expert. I'm... <laughs> Listen, I'm only an expert on time. Well, go back in time and find out. All right, whatever. <laughs> the other thing I want to say is that this op- this opening, like the song with the sort of pacing of the theme song, reminded me a lot of Ghost Rider in a good way. Okay. Was that the the actual show? The show Ghost Rider. The show show, not the. Not the I what? thought there was a cartoon of Ghost Rider as well. Well, so Ghost Rider was a live action animated. We're saying not Ghost Rider. Ghost We're saying Writer. Ghost Writer. Ghost Writer. Writer. Wasn't that the one that started with like pages turning on the opening yep. sequence? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And it's like a little, it's a ghost that lives inside of a computer and he can manipulate words and they solve crimes. It's really awesome. I love and so that this, show. this made you think of. It of, just gave me that like feeling of like protecting your neighborhood and like solving mysteries and like saving, but like your typical kids, but like you have something secret that's cool. And no, yeah. I could see the parallels. I, know, I liked it. It made me feel the same way. I was like, oh, I like this. <laughs> I enjoyed that Virgil had a. Um, he. It's a very calculated move to have a white best friend. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was very, it's a very calculated move. He has a friend who's a white guy who also talks very much in slang. He calls him bro a lot, which is, he's like, yo, bro, I got your message. (laughs) So I was like, this is good. He's talking how he would talk to his black friend. Okay. I appreciate that. What would you say calculated move? It's a calculated move because um, they could have easily had his best friend be black, Mm -hmm. but he had him be white. Show that, you know, Virgil's not just keeping to himself. He's branching out, Mm. which probably means that like the school that he goes to, isn't it mostly white kids? In the school, I don't think I got that. Friend. You know, from the from the the shots oh, that we had of some of the the students, uh, I was not one hundred percent sure of some of the ethnicities that they had, but I but I also don't remember because we had that quick shot where they show uh, was it um, Nina Nina playing, playing basketball, basketball. Yeah. and Nina to me I wasn't one hundred percent sure of her race. I thought she was Hispanic. Oh, I thought she was Asian. I thought she was Asian really? as well. Mm, so, Nina, and give us a call, us. text us, tweet us, <laughs> let us know. No, but I mean, that, I, that's, I felt that some of the, the ethnicities, with the obvious exception of Virgil, and we've been talking about Richie, his, his friend, uh, you know, because they spend so much time on the two of them, and they're named characters too, mm-hmm. so you sort of have a better understanding uh, because you care about them because they're so prominent in this show. Uh, for a lot of the other people that you have that are in the background, some of them were sort of ambiguous uh, in race or they were maybe undetermined. Uh, nothing was really specified. It felt like beyond Virgil and Richie. Mm-hmm. And obviously Virgil's family uh, and, and Richie's parents as well. So. Cool. <laughs> what? <laughs> No, no, no. I just, I always, I always, I always really like the fact that they ended this theme song. It sounds, sounds silly, but I love the fact that they ended it with them with that little, with their handshake. Oh yeah. The handshake so much. Like they had like a quick little, like, you know, dap, dap, dap. And then that was it. And it, it just, I thought that that was always fun. And I I liked the fact that like it, it, to me, having a secret handshake with a friend during like the, the eighties and nineties was like a clear way where you're just like, like, you're my friend. Like, you're my best friend. Like, yeah. I, we spent time that we could have been playing Super Nintendo coming up with, with a handshake. This handshake. You know? It's a boy thing. It, it, I think, I mean, I th- you didn't have any no, special I, handshake? No, and no boys wanted to make secret handshakes with me. Oh, I'm sorry. Because all my friends were boys in the 90s. Really? Yeah, I had like one girlfriend. I was a tomboy. I feel like once a tomboy, always a tomboy. Never leaves you. It's who you are at your core. Probably. You, you speak that like it's a like it's a bad thing. I said it like it was a bad you thing. Did yeah, you, it like I it. didn't. You <laughs> actually mean it like it was a bad you thing. You just like set this curse <laughs> on me. I was just saying, <laughs> saying who you you never lose who you are as a person. That's it, what I meant. It really seemed like you were it condemning her. Sinister. <laughs> having a tomboy. Once but. a tomboy, always a tomboy. My point is that I think it's a it's a bro thing. It's a bro to bro. Yeah. Bro I code. think that's fair. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, because you see any movies. Uh, you know, from that period of time when people had elaborate handshakes and high fives, you know, it was always, it was always male. So I'm going to venture to say that, but that was always to see that little moment of bonding between the two. That's what I always really, really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Also sets you up for like, these guys aren't just like Wayfarer friends. No, they're deep. They're in deep. Yeah. So the, uh, the episode. Their, their parents have met. <laughs> that's what that Ooh. handshake signifies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I think that's accurate. Or the parents are aware of each other. Or it's something. <laughs> they've had phone calls. Yeah, they've talked. 
there have been there have been sleepover phone calls. They will be sitting parents. next to each other at graduation. Right. <laughs> so you know the the episode that we watched uh, for tonight uh, was called Flashback, and we surprisingly enough, this show went four seasons and had you know fifty something episodes. I was very surprised that uh, IMDb did not have a highest ranked episode. Really? For this show. That's interesting. And so we, we, took it to the, we took it to the internet to do a little quick survey and see what was available. And this was one that a, a user, and we'll, we'll post this on our Facebook and our, our site. Uh, this was one that somebody else had written a top 10 best Static Shock episodes. Oh, that's cool. And the reason that they mentioned this was because uh, this really exposed for, for the writer and the person who had watched this, they said that this really exposed a lot of Static's uh, sensitivity or some of his vulnerability mm-hmm. that he had and from watching this episode um i'm gonna admit i got really teary at times i i the i don't want to spoil it but the the mom interactions i was like i just plugged in my family into that i was like oh man i mean this is, this is like watching my life oh. <laughs> but if my mom had died when i was young or but she did. It's a, That's a good thing, by the way. I, 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 know, I, I don't know. want that to sound <laughs> sinister. I know that. <laughs> Once a tomboy, yeah. always a tomboy. Oh, so. uh, but yeah, I mean, it was a, I, was, I was very surprised how emotional uh, this episode got. And I, I was, but I was also, I don't remember watching this episode when, uh, when I was actively viewing this. So to catch this uh, sort of after the fact was, was really great. Um, so to kind of get into this, we are given sort of a, we're given like one of the, the news reporter cuts, like where we're, we're given that idea that five years prior, there was a blackout on a hot summer night and as a result, created a riot. Always does. Yep. Um, created this, this bad riot uh, in Dakota City. And so uh, as a result, first responders first people on the scene. And I'm always impressed uh, by this. And I, I think that this is also one of those, those rare times where you see a tragedy or you see something significant happen. And for most people, you see a disaster happen. And for most people, our idea, or at least our initial fight or flight, is to flight, like to get out of there, to get out of danger's way. And I always, I always respect the fact that first responders, they have the opposite impulse. Their reaction is to run straight towards that danger uh, and, and assist in any way possible. And so I was really actually happy to see that accurately portrayed in the beginning of this. And so they, they give you an idea of all of this that's happening, and then it kind of cuts to present day, where they're marking the, the five-year anniversary. And uh, I guess I didn't remember or know this about Static Shock when, it was, when I was watching it. Um, you are given... Uh, they are revealing a statue that pays tribute to those first responders that night that lost their life, including Gene Hawkins, Static's mom. Starting right out of the gate, punching <laughs> you in the gut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, but they, they give, and you know, if, if you've ever watched any other episodes of Static, along with this, you're really given the sense that the big, you know, we have Spider-Man with sort of the, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Uh, credo that he he lives he lives by and so with this 
they make it very clear that his mother was always somebody to help a person in need. And that's sort of what Static carries with him. That's his credo. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, in becoming a superhero himself and assisting people. And I think, as we mentioned, like protecting, like seeing that sense of community, even in like the theme song, like that's what he protects. Mm -hmm. Like that's what he's looking out for. So I was, uh, I was really, I was really happy to see that. That was a very touching moment to, as you said, to get punched in the gut with right out the gate. Well, and it seems so real, like the whole premise of, like real in the sense of they could have been animating a true, like a true event. There was a blackout and horrible people rioting, fires, like just the picture that they painted of that, of that night and of that event that was so tragic. And then, you know, honoring those people, like besides the fact that I don't know that they'd build like these larger than life statues of the people. I mean, I guess they do. I don't know if they I'm trying to think of like versus like having a wall with names on it or something like um, that. Like beside like the having huge life-size statues of Static's mom and the two others that passed that day. Like that just seemed a little much, but then like the way that the news reporter was like, and we're here with the family of the deceased who's going to give a, a few words. I'm just like, "Well, this is going to be sad. Who's going to cry?" And everyone kept it together. Dad was was real level-headed. So that was really nice. No, I agree. And then as a result, it cuts immediately back to the living room of the Hawkins house where they are watching, where the Hawkins family, uh, Sharon, Virgil, and Mr. Hawkins are watching Mr. Hawkins on television. And then we get Sharon. Just Sharon interjecting. Yeah, what's wrong with Sharon? Because she was, uh, she was, uh, she was kind of mean. There was a moment where she congratulated the father and said, like, you look good on TV, Dad. You should get a series. Yeah. You know, and but then Virgil excuses himself from the room. And then Sharon really just begins to dig into him. Well, not what siblings do. I mean, I don't know. I don't have siblings. That's what they do. I have an older sister. That's what she does. See, exactly. Yeah, I've got a younger sister. That's what I would do to her. (laughs) My sister used to come downstairs and, like, turn off the TV when I was watching it. Just just to do it. So I remember watching cartoons after school one day, laying on the like on the sofa in our, our living room, and my sister ran in full speed, jumped on my back with both feet and all of her weight right onto my back. That's fun. Jumped off and immediately ran into the other room and screamed, "Mom, Sean just hit me!" That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. And then did your mom go, Sean, cut it out. Yeah. Like I got in trouble as a result of like her jumping like on my spine. Yeah, that makes sense. That yeah. Makes sense. Uh, sibling rivalry. Sibling rivalry is always a joy to have to deal with. So it's funny how mine stopped when I became tall. I became taller than <laughs> everyone. No one, no one in my family picked on me anymore <laughs> or at school. Funny how that worked. Funny how that didn't work for Sean. <laughs> Well, you know. Yeah. It never changes. <laughs> some people, some of the weak ones stay weak. <laughs> <laughs> Once a tomboy. Oh, my God. I meant that to be sinister. I, the I, weak one, not the tomboy. I'm aware. I'm aware. <laughs> Thank you, Jamal. So we get Sharon really digging into him saying, like, we should call the news reporter and let them know that uh, Virgil Hawkins, you know, is finally doing his homework. And she really gives him a lot of shit about this. But at the same time, they. They're on the fifth anniversary of their mother's passing. I can understand. I can understand 
every day of the year giving your sibling some well-deserved shit. But on that day. But on that day. Give a person a break. It feels like, uh, you know, I might lay off a little bit. It's like, um, what if like their, her, his mom, this is kind of like the equivalent of his mom dying on 9-11. And then like that's, she's. Yeah, that's what I imagine. She's like still giving him crap five years later on that day. Like, really? Come on. Yeah. Well, I imagine it's probably a, I read too deep into this. It probably was a coping mechanism. Like, clearly, like, her way, Sharon? Sharon? Sharon. Sharon's way of coping with her mother's death is just like, I'm just going to pretend like everything's normal. Like, this is my life. And it's interesting. How do, how, do we know how much older she is than Virgil? No, they never really state. I mean, in this episode, they don't really state how much older she the is. The only thing that they do say is that... Um, you know, once Virgil, so Virgil like goes upstairs, presumably to do his homework, but really he does other stuff. <laughs> that that was sounded be, sinister. They got more sinisterly sexy. Yeah, sinister and sexy. What was he doing in this? So he was meant to, he was going to do other stuff, and then Sharon. Sharon. I keep wanting to say Shannon, that's why I'm. Sharon. It's Sharon. actually pronounced Sharon, like Sharon. Patron. Okay. So yeah. Sharon and, and Dad start talking, and he, she's like, what's up with him? And he's like, well, you have to remember, you know. Virgil doesn't really remember mom. Like, yeah, because he, he was pretty so young. young. But the thing is, if he's 14, wasn't he... So he was nine? Yeah, when I was nine, I would remember I remembered mom. things. Well, you know, I, I, I'm going to agree with you. But at the same time, you know, he's, he's only nine years old. He, as the father says, he did not have as much time... Yeah. I know he didn't have as much time... ...with his mother as, as everybody else in the family had. And so he confesses and he, he talks you know, after this scene about, you know, just the idea of the, the memory of his mother. You oh, know, yeah. he doesn't have as, he feels Vivid. as if he's losing yeah. that memory. Yeah, and that's I, sad. So yeah. sad. And that's so sad. And, and I, wasn't he out there making a picture of her face with electricity? Yeah. He was, yeah. Because they have a portrait of her in their living room. And so, I mean, it, it, he continues to, to kind of, you know, be saddened by by the event, obviously so, and I, I can completely understand it. And to kind of uh, to kind of support and and hang out with him, suddenly Richie shows up. Richie. Richie rolls in. Let's say yeah. that he what? rolls in. What is Richie's power? Yeah, what is that? Well, let, let's. I want. I, I just want to be clear that Richie pulls up with some of the worst dad joke material that we've ever heard, or some of the best. <laughs> Depending, depending on depending your, on if you're a dad, your taste of dad jokes, or <laughs> if you're a dad listening. So, uh, so Static is sitting on a large uh, clock on the the face of this clock, and Richie pulls up and just goes. Uh, he goes, "Do you know what time it is?" <laughs> like, if I had been Static, I would have just been like, "Zap." <laughs> uh, so the in an interesting turn uh, about this, Richie, his his buddy. Uh, actually goes by the name of Gears. Mm -hmm. Mm. Uh, And this was actually a development because this episode was in season three. The beginning of season three, you come to find out that Richie was actually exposed to the gas during that time and develops a, a superpower. His power is to be able to essentially create anything. Yeah. Isn't uh, like a tinkerer of yeah. sorts? So he, he builds the necessary things that Static uh, needs. And, and this had been something that he was assisting Static with previously. It's just that 
uh, over time, and I was doing some reading about this, over time it became harder for them to include Richie and Virgil's uh, presence together at the same time because Static was going and doing all of the superhero stuff. And so every time he would do it, he'd be like, well, I got to go, Richie. Thanks a lot for the... Thanks a lot for all the gear. I'll talk to you later. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> and so they wanted to be able to include uh, not only the voice actors, but just that dynamic. And they wanted to retain that in the show. And so that's, how, that's why they ended up giving uh, Richie these powers to allow him to become Gears. Mm. Because it opened up an entire new world of possibilities where they could share, uh, you know, this friendship. Yeah. You know, and they could continue to share this friendship and also fighting crime at the same time. That's cool. So terrible dad joke. I don't know. I just it, it. What would you have preferred him to come in and say? Hey, I know this is the anniversary of your mother's passing. Too long. Can too I, long. I, too I, long. <laughs> you gotta come in quick. You gotta come in quick and lighten the mood. Slice a pizza and a coke. Oh, I would have liked that. That would that would be nice. <laughs> and what if Static Turn goes? Ah, oh, that was Mom's last meal. See, you would have messed that up. Oh man. <laughs> you gotta come in. I feel like he's just not gonna win. <laughs> See? You know what you honestly what he should have done is just kind of come up beside him and just been like pat pat on the shoulder and then just said nothing and just hung out with him. Or he could have come in and be like, Time flies, but at least you do. What's going on, Stat? <laughs> oh All right. See? All right. See? I can get behind See? that. That's smooth. Oh, I should have been a writer in the nineties. <laughs> Instead of a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Wasted a lot of years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, as an expert on time travel and time in general, I say we should go back yeah, and change that. Correct game. that wasting time. Just Let's go fix that. Being oh, a kid. Man. So, we, uh, so, do you guys remember kind of what launches them into the events of this episode that happens next? Who's the, who, whatever that guy who purple can, thing yeah the purple guy who can go through objects right purple so man who's not the guy in jessica jones yeah <laughs> he sure isn't <laughs> not at all so we have uh we have one of the the main antagonists of the series um and i actually when they said his name i i, I think it's uh ebon i heard Yvonne. like uh, yvonne Y V O N N E. Yeah, I, I believe I had I had misheard it. I when doubt they... that's his name. <laughs> it could be. He's like, no, it's Evon. Evon. <laughs> but no, they. Uh, so we were introduced to this this purple, uh, shadowy uh, villain that is sort of lurking inside of everything. And so this this guy's his name is his actual name is uh, Evon Evans. I V A N Evans, and he goes by Ebon. That's E-B-O-N. And so he turns out to be one of, uh, he heads a large group of bang babies, these, mm. this metahuman breed. Um, and he, you know, it's amazing. He's, he's just a living shadow. Mm -hmm. And so he can create these portals. Like he can, he can split his body into just about anything that he wants and sort of control all these like independent tendrils of himself to attack things and people. Uh, I actually really thought that that was a cool power. I hate the fact that I find the power for the villain to be so awesome. Yeah. Uh, but if you had the power of being a living shadow, I mean, you can go through stuff. Does, does that... I don't want stuff to go through me. It's like that, yeah. um, that ghost. Like in those movies where the ghost is trying to touch, like Casper, Ew. trying to touch a real human being. Cause oh, you, like Christina you, Ricci. Yeah, you, you want to you wanna actually have the human experience and you can't. I don't know if I'd want that power to be a ghost and be going through things and 
not be able to solidify really. Well, I mean, he 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 is able to grab. So he is able to solidify, and you know, we're we're introduced to him because he's he's trying to grab this this young woman named Nina, who is running away from him. I thought he never actually grabbed her though. He grabs. He does. So he, okay. does. Oh, he does. Yeah. He, he grabs that, and he grabs objects that are in the environment. So he's able to oh, solidify enough could to only touch, touch inanimate objects. No. No, that was. I thought that, and I noted this because I thought it was pretty classic of like two superheroes like looking over and like a girl is in trouble because that's classic. She can't do anything for herself. We'll get to that. You're reading later. a lot into this. Oh, I'm not. This is just what happened. She can't. She can't fucking help herself. So, uh, but then it's like they don't help her, you know, quite in time. Like she has to be in the clutches, mm-hmm. literally, of the bad guy before anything happens. Good to her. So I remember that he like he did had grabbed her okay. from behind, and she was like, oh, "I don't know what to do." Purple thing. Ooh. You know, it's interesting that you bring up like the the trope of being a defenseless female damsel in distress, damsel in distress you know D&D. being being pursued by by this villain uh because we find out uh in the course of this kidnapping or this attempted kidnapping that she is not as helpless as, as we had originally yeah. thought uh, well here's the thing about her because she doesn't know her power she doesn't know how to control it or use it so technically, exactly. she's still useless. Well, not useless, but I'm no, saying. she's useless. You're absolutely- no, you're 100 percent right. Her power is not helping. Really, it takes uh, static and um, gears to become the legend of Bagger Vance and help her understand. Her because power. It, ne- it requires two men to explain to a woman how to use. Well, her yeah, own this powers. was the 90s. Well, <laughs> you- <laughs> oh, boy, this is the moment of the podcast where like everything goes dead because I've killed Paul. <laughs> I've just murdered him. Oh boy. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I will say to the damsel in distress trope, you know, Gears is the person that's best suited to help potentially build some type of technology, which he eventually does. Because yes. she needs technology to uh, harness well, her power. Harness well, her because power. that's his power. But she also states and mentions that she was, she was looking for Gears and Static. Because she can't help herself. I think that's um, dashing gentleman. I'm going to disagree with you on this because she very clearly states that she respects their mission I know of protecting their neighborhood and fighting crime yep. and she is she is running to them because mm-hmm. she wanted to meet them because she wanted to volunteer and provide aid. That's yes, she did say that. I take up issue with her, her the way that her character is written which is that she like I was expecting this episode to be like, yes, clearly her time traveling ability is the thing that's going to help Static, like, reunite with his mom. That was very clear. We telescoped that from the moment we said time travel. Mm-hmm. Right. But, like, I thought it was also going to be this, like, discovery of this third person in their pack who is going to, like, come in with her. And she's, like, discovering how her power works and she's going to harness it. But no, she gets a remote control that then gets stolen away from her. And then she can't actually like the way her using her power isn't her using her power. It's her lending her power to someone else to then like Harness control it and control. Like she is not in control of her power. And that I take like so oh, much this, problem with. This is like social commentary. Maybe that's what this episode was. I don't think it's it. social. Co- I think it's just laziness. I think it's, 
I think it's laziness. I think it's like nobody took a look at thinking, well, we'll get into the review stuff later, but like there's not many other, besides the fact that the mom is the person that we're going to potentially try to stay, save, which we know we can't later. Like there's not many female characters going on in, in the show. So the fact that you introduced one only to say that she's totally powerless and not like she has no powers, but that she has no agency over her own powers, that's garbage. Yeah. That's some hot trash. And also, when she makes that force field, does that do anything other than start controlling time? Like, does it protect them from anything? I think it, like, Presuma- Presumably, it, it, it does. It, it seemed to have that in that moment when she created that force field, I think for the final time, it, it seems as if it acted as a barrier uh, to transport that item that they needed to remove from a fire okay. at that point. And so it seems like it had the ability, like a force field. That, that was at least my, my takeaway It's impression. like creating the time capsule that is moving back and forth through space. So that's the control. Like the vessel yeah, that she's could like, move back and she's forth. She's creating a vessel that's moving people. Now, at the end of this, of the cartoon, was it the sense given that she's now going to be able to learn how to harness her power on her own? No, no? she's oh. completely annihilated her own ability to use her power. So, like, Gears couldn't hand her the remote and then she could be in charge of her own power? Oh, you mean when, when he built that? Yeah. Uh, that very much could have been what could have happened, but that never did, did it? See, I should have been a writer. Well, it um, never did, and there not was... Not a baby. <laughs> and they made no... Like, there was no mention of that. Like, there was no, like, the intention was not stated that yeah. that was going, what was going to happen next. He was just like, look, I'll demonstrate how it works. And then, like, it completely gets out of their, their possession. Like, well, so I, bef- jump, or as we were jumping ahead in the episode, I want to I wanna mention that, uh, so they, they have traveled now, because there are two what-the-fuck moments that happen for me almost back-to-back. Mm-hmm. One of them is a Static, Gears, and Nina travel backwards in time 10 minutes mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the way that they explain time travel and the things that are going on here is that static and gears and nina are able to see static and gears up on top of the clock tower having that initial bad dad joke conversation yeah uh and so that means that in this reality so this is the first what the fuck moment for me in this instance they've they're living in the past where there is potentially an identical version of them. Like they didn't erase or become that past them. So now there's two of them that exist in that timeline. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that was super confusing to me. The other, not as much because they never, because if that, if they travel back in time, 10 minutes Mm -hmm. and they're living in that 10 minutes, they should be back on that clock tower. Well, yeah, they should be back on that clock tower, but they're not. So it's no, two they're, versions. They're being taken out of their time stream. Is this an alternate? Like, is that when she uses her powers, is that an alternate? Well, you're correct. But what they never do is they never bring them back. That They never, through any exposition, they never mention that they go back ahead that 10 minutes in time where they, like, where they would exist within their time stream. So for me, presumably, I originally thought that they... L- stayed in that 10 minutes in the past where there was two statics and two gears. So, the, first of all, we need a whiteboard, clearly, <laughs> in order to explain this. But I'm going to try, this is how I'm going to try to explain as the minister of time travel uh, on this podcast. I'm listening. So if in, I'm going to call it time stream one, which is okay. what we watched when we started the episode, 
They go, they're sitting on the clock tower, bad dad jokes. They save Nina. Nina has a freak out, takes them back 10 minutes. So there's no going ahead 10 minutes because in time stream one, their time stops at, let's say, 4.10, right? Starts okay. at 4, 4.10. So then they go back to 4, which is when they see themselves. Now, they exist. Now there are, you're right, there are two of those. But then they decide, like, we're going to go back to headquarters and, like, figure this shit out. So then they leave the scene. The scene plays out as it does in time stream one, and then they disappear again. Hmm. Because that's oh, how it worked. The first people, the first set? Disappear? Mm-hmm. That's oh. first because that's what happened in time stream one. What they're doing is they're just going back to the events of the first time stream. Hmm. Because because in that time stream they traveled back in time. So that's what happens. There's no like fut- there's no future oh, yeah, that's true. in which they exist into that future without going, going back, back in time. time. Hmm. Never thought about that. So any action that they took technically was already happening anyways so it's yeah it was like always a, about it was always yeah, going to be they that are way. already they didn't know it at the time but in the future they are automatically going to go back in time so that's right. the same because time. they went back yeah. in time. i did not even think about that never thought about time that's travel why I'm telling you. this is why you're the expert in time this is travel. why i'm the expert in time travel my book is coming out in 2020 <laughs> What's but it called? i've already written it what's it called it's called you know that's good yep thanks U-K-N-O. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, we have, uh, though I want to say the, the next moment that happened after this, that it's not as much of a what the fuck moment for me, but it definitely, it definitely says a lot in terms of uh, complex emotions and feelings that are in this. Because we have this quick shot of Virgil at the memorial for his mother, floating on either a manhole cover or uh, an electric disc, and he is sitting there and he is caressing like the cheek mm-hmm. of his mom's statue. And I'm thinking to myself, and it's in the middle of broad daylight. And I'm thinking that anybody who sees this is might be able to put two and two together. You've had we've had now like three seasons of Static existing as a superhero in this this universe in Dakota City, and Suddenly, then he's he's touching the face of this thing, and I it it didn't take me out of it. I I understood the emotion behind it. I understand his necessity because he stated it very clearly that you know his mother's memory, and he wanted to be able to rem, like remind himself of her. And you know what's coming up in the episode. Yes. They've already mapped that out for you. It was just very interesting to suddenly see him in broad daylight, sort of exposing himself. In that way, where anybody would have been able to say, uh, is that the Hawkins kid? Like, is that... Like, for me... he's floating right now. Because, yeah, ex- exactly. I, I don't know. For, for somebody who is maintaining a secret identity, it, 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 it felt too risky. Well, there's also, which I always like to look at, superhero costumes. Isn't he only wearing one of those eye mask pieces? He really is. Mm-hmm. So it's like... <laughs> You're already believing that that's covering up his identity, just that's putting fair. on that mask. So it's feasible that no one would be able to recognize him if his face isn't facing them or whatever. Okay. But, but I always thought that's interesting when they just use the, like Robin just has the, yeah. the eyes. Right. Like, no Anybody one, with really, a haircut. Really, <laughs> no one can tell who you are, Robin. <laughs> so. And I don't know the series enough. Like, I don't know if that's a problem. In the like him trying to keep his identity, identity a secret. 
Yeah, he yeah. may not be. Yeah. Besides from his family. Like, yeah. that's the only yeah. thing that we've seen so far. Yeah, I definitely have to go back and check that out to see if that's a thread that makes itself present in this. Because if it was, then I would get your... Okay. Your that's a valid point. That's very valid. But to your mention, mm-hmm. suddenly he gets a call from Richie, and we are explaining Nina's powers and his ability. And she's in a costume now, too. She's in a costume. Yeah, where did she get that? Because he builds Gears? Because Presumably Richie Gears. Because yeah. now she is... What is her new moniker? Time, a time, time zone. Time zone. She's now time zone. GMT. Did she come up with that on her own? Or did, was that given to her? It was by? given to her. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> this is what I'm fucking saying, everybody. Well, again, should have been a writer. Angry lady on the podcast right now. <laughs> it's okay. Make it known. No, passionate. Oh, thank you. There you go. Wow, I appreciate that. Don't remember how I gave it to you. Oh my god. <laughs> so, oh boy. This is the moment. This is the defining moment in the episode where Virgil, as Static says, we should go back to the night of the riots to try to, to do as much good because they, they stated with these powers, you know, they can do so much. Mm-hmm. There's an incredible amount of things that they can do with time travel power. I mean, you think about what could be achieved and accomplished during that time. It's the first thing that's on Static's mind. Got to go back. Got to save the people, you know, during those riots. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Richie, I like the fact that Richie looks at him and is just like, oh, okay. And then immediately gets on board with it. Like, to me, that was a really good friendship moment mm-hmm. where he understands exactly where Static's coming from. He, he understands some of the, the subtext. Now, Nina has no idea, you know, all the things that are going on. But suddenly, you know, uh, this is something that obviously Static is very passionate about. Gears picks up on it. And it was, you know, for, for having subtlety in a cartoon like that, I was really happy to see him just be like, uh, yeah, let's do it. Like, let's get on board. And thankfully, obviously, Nina is 100% in. She's ready to do good. She's ready, she's ready to do it. So Thank they, goodness. So they cut back, and now they are five years in the past. They're on the, the evening of these riots, this hottest night, blackout, riots are, conti- like, are actually going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and we should mention that uh, right as they are getting ready to, to transport back, we get our old friend, Ebon, who attacks them. And get sucked and transported back with them. Yep. Ships fun. Right. And so uh, we have a lot that happens during this part or during the next sequence of events when they're five years in the past. Was there mm-hmm. anything that particularly stood out to either of you? Well, obviously, number one is that Nina is, again, rendered completely powerless because she's kidnapped by Ebon and thrown into a truck. That is containing all of the gas from the event. Explosion. The explosion that we know later to be the Big Bang. So yeah. he is going to create his own Big Bang. From Alva Industries. From Alva Industries. Right. Uh, but then she just basically does nothing and she gets saved. And that's like her in the, the entire time in the episode, just being saved by other people. Okay. So disappointed. Hmm. It's not me. Disappointed Diane. <laughs> um, I'd say the, um, the mom scene of of. It's like the relinquishing of like, let go of what's holding you back type mm, of scene, yeah. right? Where he, you always have to go back, and he gets to finally have that talk that he wouldn't have been able to have at 
being nine years old or whatever. Right. So he finally gets to have an adult conversation with his mom and then is like relieving that monkey off his shoulder so he can go be, do his duty better. Right. Mm-hmm. I thought the, the moment that really struck me was as a part of the, the mother-son conversation uh, was the moment where he rescues her from almost having a building fall on her. Yeah. Uh, which, as we know from the original newscast, was not how she, you know, she met her unfortunate end. Um, so she would have presumably escaped that anyway. But if we're going with the idea of time travel that you have, that's already happened. Mm-hmm. The building falling. The oh. building, like her getting rescued by that's, static. Yep, absolutely. That would have already happened. Um, mm. Okay, well, you could think about that for a moment. But the thing that was important to me was that that instance where they get to this rooftop and Static has saved his mom and then he just takes his mask off. Yeah. Like that to me, uh, I don't know what was so striking about that, but it was just the fact that it was just the underlying tone of love and how heartbroken he was and, you know, at her obvious passing mm-hmm. and, and everything that he'd been going through over those five years. It felt like it was really distilled into that moment where he's like, Mom, it's me. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the, the resulting conversation that happened could have been uh, more tearful for me uh, or more emotional. Like she gets to that moment where she's like, I'm, like, I, I'm sorry that I, I like, they do a quick cut to a commercial. And when they come back, she's like, well, if everything that you say that's true, he's now filled in the gaps during the commercial break. Like time travel and you with these powers, she's like, I'm so proud of you. Like, this is, this is wonderful. Like, you know, the things that you're doing and the, the people that you're helping. And you, you really see the connection between the two of them with her being a first responder and helping people and him being a superhero and helping people. I just, I don't know what it was. I, I'm going to say that I don't remember a moment like that in any of like the late 90s, 2000s cartoons, cartoons that I've watched before. So that really felt like something like I, that was the moment where I started getting teary. I was like, that hit me in the gut. And I don't know if it's because the idea of losing a parent is like a, is a big trigger for me, but it was something that I just like watching it. I was like, oh, I know what's about to happen. I know what's eventually going to happen for the sake of this show, but it, it didn't make it any easier for me to come to grasp with that. That, ah. Uh, it's so good, it's so powerful, but it's, it's so emotionally charged and sad. But you know it has to, you know it takes place. So. Well said. <sighs> All right, I've got it. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Here we go. Okay. So we know, this is hard, because we did not see the first time how Static's mom died. We know for a fact that she was... In Time Stream 1, which is when we start the episode, that she was killed by a stray bullet. Like, Correct. Caught in a crossfire or whatever. So, but we don't know what else befell her that evening. So, it's possible that the building collapsing, and I don't remember, recall now, how that building, like how that whole thing was going to happen. But it's possible that the entry of static and gears and time zone warp whatever the fuck her name is nina and purple man 
like what their entry into that time stream from the future into the past, like what that would have changed for the events. Like, I don't remember. I don't remember how we got to that place okay. in the episode. So what I'm saying is like the fact that he, this is really the first time that we see him interacting with the past, which we know changes the future because once they come back, Spoiler alert. The, the, the dad is like, all they say about your mom from that night is that she, like, she just said how proud she was of you and she was just so proud of you and called her your suit, her little superhero or something like that. So we know that, like, his influence in the past influenced the future where it had not previously. I think. Well, maybe they just didn't mention in the beginning of the episode that that was that. It's saying. hard because so I don't. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm not sure because we don't we don't watch we don't watch what happens that night. So I don't know, and we don't, I'm like, and this is the only fucking episode that I've ever watched. So clearly, we don't know anything else about. And I, I actually venture to say that this is the only episode that involves time travel too. So. Yeah, there's also that. <laughs> But further be- compounds the idea or the problems. Wait, wait, wait! You're telling me that they didn't expand upon. Um, the girl's powers in another episode. No, because uh, she. Will... Go ahead. Please. No, we'll talk about that later. No, no, no. I think we're. I think we're at an appropriate time. We all of this culminates in a in, in an accident where uh, Nina is still being uh, detained in this truck from Alva Industries by Ebon. They gears uh, throws a device that kind of stops the truck. Stops the tires and it screeches right. and slams. At the same time, Ebon is up fighting static shock, mm-hmm. in, like in the sky. Uh, and Gears has stopped the truck. It has crashed into a gas station and it, it has knocked over one of the, like, uh, one of the above ground, like, fuel lines uh, to fill up with gas. And there is gasoline that's now leaking all around. And so the, truck is obvi- the truck is obviously. You know, it's it's taken a little bit of damage now, so it's it's on fire. So Gears is responsible, pretty much for this. Yeah, he is. Yeah, wow. That was actually one of the notes that I wrote was because they go through all of this and then they they decide that what they need to do is they need to they need to use Nina's powers in order to isolate the tanker truck mm-hmm. that's there and bring it into the future with them. And so in, in doing so, uh. As that's happening, you suddenly see Static's mom show up on the scene and rush out to help people. And, and in the process, I'm, uh, my, the note I wrote down was, oh, please don't let Richie have created the events or the circumstances around Static's mom's, like, Static, Static, Christ. yeah, like, the passing of Static's mom. I was like, holy shit, like, what a, what a mindfuck. Yeah, that really. would be is if his actions to stop that tanker truck is what led to to everything happening. And they really don't get into when they come back into the future what the circumstances were of her passing again. Because as we said, it's now influenced the actions that he has taken or the things that he's done in the past have now impacted the future and have repercussions and a new outcome mm-hmm. or slight additional details to the outcome. Different, uh, different. Right. And so you don't know if it was a stray bullet or if it was the, the potential fire that happened at that gas station, you know? And so that's, I, I thought about that a lot today and, and really was just 
you know, just like, oh no, I really hope that, <laughs> I really hope that it was something else and not the actions of Static's best friend. Yeah, Jesus. Because that seems like it would be a challenging <laughs> piece to kind of get past in terms of <laughs> friendship and time travel. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it really hit home to me the idea that if I was ever given the opportunity to travel back in time, I should just not do it. Yeah, I think that we've every piece of media has made that clear. Yeah. Don't touch anything. I would not do it, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's not for everyone. So I want to, Melanie, I want to jump back to you. I know that uh, this kind of sums up a lot of the story that we have for Static, but mm-hmm. there is one additional story about Nina and what, happens and befalls her so nina takes the truck and static and gears back to the future correct back to the future and then nina's like this is this is too dangerous i can't use this power anymore so i'm gonna go and take this truck back to the night of the accident when the humans and stuff like the the explosion the big bang happened and people got special powers or whatever and gears explains to uh, to Static that Nina, the reason that Nina was there that night is because she had ridden her bike to a particular place. So she went back in time, stole her bike from herself so that she would never have ridden past where the explosion happened, and then she would never have powers. So now my question is... Uh-oh. Or, like, this is, this is what's interesting, is, like, because she did that, that means that Nina in the future just does not exist anymore. Like, the, like the time warp yeah. doesn't exist at all. I mean that this is this is all of this and more in Melanie Harker's upcoming novel. You know, <laughs> UKNO twenty twenty. I mean that that's the challenge of this. Which I, I will say, as heady as we've gotten in this, the final line of this episode really kind of uh, it felt two parts for me. It felt. Like it was something where it was trying to say to the kids that are watching it, hey, if you think about this too much, your head's going to explode. Which is, <laughs> which is Richie's exact line to Virgil in this instance. saying, true. Uh, but, you know, it's also like time travel episodes in, in anything. You know, even when we watched uh, X-Men, the animated series. Oh, God. And we did the entire thing with Forge and with Cable uh, and with all the time travel back and forth. Like it's, it's complicated. You know, and it's it's always extremely challenging to pull off. And so it has the tendency and has always the possibility to get sloppy. I was just very impressed that they threw that little tag in there saying, like, look, don't worry about this. This is crazy to begin with. It's not too deep. Like, don't don't let this get stuck in your head. Yeah. You know, and so that's that's always the problem that I have with time travel episodes is that it can either be a, like a total disaster or it can be something where it doesn't take itself too seriously. And I was, I was, I was, I didn't feel cheated, although I kind of leaned that way initially. And then when Richie was just like, if you think about this too much, your head's going to explode. I was like, all right, this is them appealing to people who may be watching this and thinking to themselves, like, where is this going? Like, how is this working? Yeah. It sort of acts as a line to kind of recenter and remind you, this is just a cartoon. Yeah. This is just a cartoon, you know, and, and nothing got so out of hand from their interactions in the past that, you know, they, that it would have created like an alternate uh, future for them. Mm-hmm. Like everything was pretty, 
pretty much on in line. Yeah. <sighs> so yeah. So I have to ask: Were there any final or additional moments from watching this episode of Static Shock that stood out to you? Before we go on to to talk about some other users that have distinct opinions about the show. Um, I think the language that was used in the show was pretty interesting because they didn't shy away from music slang and stuff. So. Was there a particular moment or anything that they they said? I know. I mean, I know the uh, Richie had one where he said, "I eat you in." Like when they were about to like travel back in time. Oh, I missed. That. Yeah, oh, I missed that too. Oh, see, okay. see how <laughs> natural it sounded. Yeah. <laughs> just like yep. Yeah. I just think it was nice of them not to try and make it not be authentic in the sense of like him talking away of like trying to reach a different kind of audience and they just let him be who he was and his friends be who they are and sounded authentic sometimes it can sound off like like they've been struggling to try and find some dialogue to to put in the episode to make it like flow it, it felt it felt very honest yeah their interactions always felt very honest i enjoyed that too Except for that I ate you in. <laughs> that, that stood out to me like a sore thumb. I bugged you, huh? It really, there was a part of it that I was like, Ugh, all right, I'll forgive it. <laughs> Oof. Anything else before we get into some of these other user reviews? So, nah, brah. <laughs> in place, out of place. You uh, decide. Thanks, Gears. Uh, so, you know, we've obviously had some, uh, some very distinct opinions about this show. Uh, well, we've had an opportunity to go out and see if some other people have some difference of opinions. I will say that for these two particular reviews, um, very interesting because there is definitely a, a through line that goes through both of them. And so they're both relatively short. So I'd, I'd like to include them just to kind of uh, reinforce uh, the sentiment that they have. So uh, I will let uh, Melanie and Jamal take this away. You want to go first? Yours is first in time. Oh, okay. Uh, so I'm reading um, a review from someone named Trevino uh, in parentheses. It says Musicos from Southern USA. I'm going to assume that's San Antonio, Texas. <laughs> so, and the uh, title of this review is It's About Time. And this was posted on the 27th of January in 2003. And it reads, African-American superheroes are, well, sorry. African-American superheroes are virtually non-existent. I'm glad that there's another black hero to add color to the fold. Static is urban, real, and that's in capital letters, and black, dash, not a show trying to suit mainstream taste by neglecting culture references and theme. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Melanie? So I have a review here from Nana Spotted Eagle from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I found out today, Spotted Eagle, <laughs> slang term for vagina. Who did you hear that from? <laughs> I don't think that's correct. I might want to look that up. Oh, man. Uh, it is titled About Time, and it was written uh, April 17th, 2003. Which actually both of these titles for these reviews are relevant, giving the flashback yeah. the time travel series. So, so, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, right? on the nose. So the, the review reads, this show is very good. I have never seen any cartoon that feature African-Americans as the main character. It is about time cartoons started being quote unquote real. As far as trying to be too black, I think that most teenagers act that way. 
Name two no one shows similar to this. Ha! <laughs> you can't! Perfect sentence structure, by the way. You're welcome. I like this show. It is real nice. Now it only they had a girl version. Very good. I hope they keep it on for a while. I also wish they had a girl version and not just helpless damsels. I agree wholeheartedly. It's all right, Anna. Spotted Eagle. We'll get our. We'll get ours someday. True. So we come to the uh, we come to the conclusion of this. So I have to ask the question to the both of you. Uh, we'll start with Melanie. Melanie, would you recommend Static Shock? Highly. Highly. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. And Jamal, how about yourself? Yes. I think we have a three for three. I think we are all recommending people check out Static Shock. What are Shock. reasons the same? I, <laughs> what What are your particular reasons? It's Jamal? a black superhero. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's my reason. The only reason. All right. That's so, Sean, reason. I would actually say because it is a black okay, superhero. Good. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> How sinister is that? <laughs> uh, so we come to the plugs version uh, or section of our podcast. Plug section starting now. I'm gonna kick this off with uh, Melanie. Melanie, where can the people uh, find you on the interwebs? And do you have anything coming up that you would like to talk about? So you can find me on the interwebs at Melanie Gwynn, G-W-Y-N-N-E, both on Twitter and the Instagrams. There's an underscore between my first and middle name on the Instagrams. because it's, it's Welsh. Because it's Welsh, y'all. All right. So I work at this cool place called Capital Fringe. We have a fantastic space in Washington, D.C., uh, near the, in the Trinidad neighborhood near 8th Street. And we have lots of stuff happening kind of all the time. So if you are like, hey, this is Monday when this episode comes out and I got nothing to do on Thursday, you should come by because there's free music at the space every Thursday. We have a sweet bar uh, that serves up the alcohols. So you could just come and hang out and talk to peeps or you could listen to some sweet jams. I was actually there this past week. I had a chance to take in two bands for free and hang out. It was, uh, it was pretty excellent. I really enjoyed it. So it's a good time. So you should, you should come. I don't know when this is coming out, so I don't know who will be playing. But it will probably be someone local and awesome. So you should definitely come check us out. CapitalFringe.org. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Melanie. Jamal, what are you up to? Uh, you can see me performing with Washington Improv Theater's Ensemble Season 6 every Friday when the shows are running. And on, <laughs> on uh, uh, social media, I'm also on the instagrams and the twitters under a much obliged um, new name called hello newman the o is a zero <laughs> but see now look how easy that is you to just explain it's super easy exactly. yep thank you You're this has been a debate for the ages uh, you can find me as always on twitter and instagram at sean paul ellis uh, I have some shows that are going to be coming up in the Washington, D.C. area, as well as also, I know Jamal had mentioned, he will, Jamal will be obviously performing with season six, and I will be doing some improv with my troupe, Knox. You can find out ticket prices and times and availability at witdc.org, or you can search Washington Improv Theater and find them that way. You're an adult. You know how to use the internet. Uh, as for Dave, you can find out all the fun Dave, all the fun Dave stuff. Uh, that he has that's coming up on Collider.com for news and entertainment. Uh, He is going to be doing his recaps of shows such as The Arrow and Flash and The Walking Dead now that all those shows are coming back after their mid-season breaks. So he is going to be doing all those on Collider.com, so please go over 
give those reviews a look, comment on them. He loves comments, guys. Give uh, Dave the comments. <laughs> you can also uh, cyberstalk Dave at or on Twitter at Dr. Claw MD. And also Dave has his website that's up with a lot of the fiction that he's been doing lately. And you can check that at www.davetrumbor.com. Um, for those of us who are writing, <laughs> writing down um, that website, what is it? W-A-W-A-W-A? It's a whoa, whoa, whoa. So, yes, of course, www.davetrumbor.com. And for those of you in the South, it's www.davetrumbor.com. So that's six Ws. Which is funny because that's where Dave is. In the South. In the South, the internet works different. you got to put six Ws in. Oh, boy. As always, you can find Saturday Morning Cartoons on our website at saturdaymorningcartoons.com. That is morning with a U. You can find us on Twitter. At Morning Tunes, you can find some of the handiwork that I've done on our Tumblr page, saturdaymorningcartoons.tumblr.com. Please go over and check out our Facebook. You guys have really been pretty incredible about commenting on a lot of the stuff that we've had lately. Everything that we had from our New Year's Nicktoons, we had no idea that we were going to get such a response about Angry Beavers. Uh, so thank you guys so incredibly much for, for reaching out and, and doing that. Uh, we are well over the 500 likes at this point. And we couldn't do that without you guys. So we are happy and we've been gearing up to share more links and information and thoughts that we have about some of the upcoming events that we have uh, and, you know, possibly post some of the, the cartoons that we're going to be reviewing in the future. You can check us out on YouTube. That is youtube.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons. And as always, you can check out and download our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. If you have a comment or if we screwed something up on this email, feel free to, well, not only go on our Facebook and complain about it there, which we would love. Yes, please. <laughs> you can also go and drop us an email, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. That is, again, morning with a U. Next time, we are going to be doing a fun special episode. This was actually a submission from one of our, our buddies who's actually in the studio right now. It is Jamal Newman's suggestion that he has had we are going to be getting into and talking about zoids so come back and uh jamal will thankfully be joining us next time as we get a little bit more into this crazy world of combat robots (laughs) so expensive combat expensive combat robots so from everybody here at saturday morning cartoons thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you next week bye 